Can you imagine Christmas without Christ? As God's children, we must realize that without Jesus, there's no redemption, no salvation, no hope for eternal life in the Father's presence, and no Christmas. Join us today as Pastor Rander teaches how God, in His wisdom, sent Jesus to dwell among us and save us in this message. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. And Father, we pray now that you just help me to preach a word from you. Uh, We just bless your name. I can't do this without you. Strengthen me, Lord. Empower me. We pray against satanic distractions and disruptions. In Jesus' name, all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Well, you just hold on and just open your Bible and just open it. And these are going to be selected scriptures from all over the places, uh, all over the the Bible. And uh, we just want you to be able to turn and document. It's a different kind of a message. So um, get ready to receive. Uh, But I want to preach to you this morning on the historical profile of the miracle child of Christmas. The historical profile of the miracle child of Christmas. Allow me now to speak as it relates to the royal lineage of Christ. The royal lineage of Christ. Many today love to research the genealogy, ancestry, and lineage of their family tree. They pride themselves on discovering who their ancestors were, where they came from, what they did, and how that impacts who they are today. In the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 1 through 17, it gives us the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ, which brings out the reality of his royalty. In our Lord's genealogy, you will find sinners who did shameful things, such as Abraham, who lied and said his wife was his sister, right in his genealogy. And then there's Tamar, who disguised herself as a prostitute. David committed adultery and had Bathsheba's husband murdered right in our Lord's genealogy. Rahab was a prostitute and Solomon was a womanizer and committed adultery to name a few, all of which is right in the midst of the genealogy. And what is so amazing is that the grace of God privileged sinners to be in the royal lineage of Christ. And we as believers today must be mindful that we were unsaved sinners, depraved and estranged from God. And yet by his grace and mercy, the Lord himself saved us by his shed blood and privileged us to be joint heirs to one day rule and reign with him in heaven in spite of our sins, in spite of our wretchedness. Thank God that he included us as well. Unlike today where many people hide those ancestors who were disgraced, many hide those ancestors who committed crimes or had a notorious sinful lifestyle. The Lord's genealogy reveals the best and worst in people in his ancestry. The genealogy of Christ shows that Jesus is the legal heir 
to the throne of David. The genealogy in Matthew chapter 1 traces the roots of Jesus in order to prove that he is the promised Messiah. Matthew gives us the lineage of Jesus through his legal father, Joseph. The Messiah royal line began with David. Through the prophet Nathan, God promised that it would be David's descendants through whom he would bring the Messiah who would ultimately reign over Israel and establish his eternal kingdom. Christ the Messiah was the fulfillment of the prophecy of the seed of David. Again, Christ the Messiah was the fulfillment of the prophecy of the seed of David. You say, where is that? In 2 Samuel chapter 7. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 and 13, and verses 16 through 17, it says, when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name. I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever and your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever according to all those words and according to all this vision. So Nathan spoke to David. Jesus is the promised Messiah, which means he had to be of the lineage of David. Matthew 1 gives us the genealogical proof that Jesus in his humanity was a direct descendant of Abraham and David through Joseph, Jesus's legal father. Matthew's genealogy presents a descending line from Abraham through David, through Joseph to Jesus, who is called Christ. Luke's genealogy presents an ascending line starting from Jesus and going back through David to Abraham all the way up to Adam. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 16, notice how meticulous scripture is in saying that Joseph is the husband of Mary and not the father of Jesus. The scripture says in Matthew 1, 16, you need to highlight that in your Bible. And Jacob begot Joseph the husband. It didn't say father the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. Look how meticulous the Spirit of God is there. Matthew was very intentional in not saying that Joseph was the biological father of Jesus. Beloved, Joseph had no part in the birth of Christ. Mary was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. I take faith to believe that. If you don't believe that, you're already in trouble in your spiritual life. Mary was impregnated by the Holy Spirit, and she alone was the source of Jesus' human birth without the seed of man. This is a historical profile. This is a biological sketch of our Messiah. Let's transition now. Who is Jesus, and where did he come from? That's a great question. We talk about Christmas, but you need to know what the essence of Christmas is all about. 
Who is Jesus and where did he come from? Well, John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. In verses 1 and 2, uh, they're saying that the Word, who is Christ, was with God the Father in the beginning, which means that Christ is eternal and preexisted in eternity past with God before time. Jesus preexisted with God before space, before material, and before universe. Could God have provided us with salvation from heaven without sending Jesus into the world? Well, maybe so, but how comforting is it to know that Jesus dwelt among us, completely understands us, and lived to die and rise again so that we can live with him for all of eternity? Listen in today as Pastor Rander continues to explain the miracle of Jesus' life in this earthly plane in this message. He'll be speaking from a number of scriptures, so get your pen and paper ready as we begin. Jesus was in the beginning with God the Father. He had no beginning or origin. In other words, this verse can be interpreted this way. In the beginning was Christ. And Christ was with God, and Christ was God. Well, I can shout right there. The Greek word logos is Jesus Christ, which was the word, the one who always existed in eternity past. He was not created and never had a beginning. He is the eternal son of God, the father, and he is God from all eternity. Jesus. John 17, 5 says, And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you. Underline this. Before the world was. Jesus was before the world. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Christ not only preexisted with God the Father, he was also coexistent with him. God the Father and the Son have always been in a perfect loving relationship and communion with each other. Christ, the second person of the Trinity, was in intimate fellowship with God the Father throughout all eternity. The Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the triune Godhead. One God revealed in three distinct persons. They are co-equal and co-eternal. Christ is a distinct person from God the Father, and yet he is co-equal with him in his very being and essence. Christ possesses the same attributes. Christ possesses the same character. Christ possesses the same nature as God the Father. This want to make me shout now. <clears throat> John 14, 9 says, Jesus said to him, have I been so long with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the father. You want to see the father? Look at Jesus. So how can you say 
Show us the father. Jesus also said in John 10, 30, I and my father are one. Colossians 1, 15, a says he is the image of the invisible God. In other words, let me just break this down. Jesus is the exact representation of God, the father, a spitting image <laughs> of God, the father. In this historical profile of our Savior, we can share now the Holy Scripture says exactly who Jesus is. The Holy Scripture says exactly who Jesus is. Who is Jesus according to the Bible? Well, Jesus is king. Matthew 2, 1b through 2a says, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jesus, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Oh, he's king. He wasn't becoming a king. <laughs> he came as king. He was king before he came to earth. John 18, 37a also says, Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? <laughs> Look at the answer of Jesus. Jesus answered, you say rightly I'm a king. <laughs> For this cause I was born. He was born a king. Beloved, Jesus is king of kings and Lord of Lord. Jesus is supreme. Jesus is the transcendent God. Jesus has no equal and he has no rival. Jesus did not come as heir apparent to the Roman throne or any other earthly throne. There's none like his throne. He did not come as a regent. Jesus did not come as an earthly prince and he did not even come as a duke. The Lord Jesus came as the prince of peace. Jesus is the savior. Jesus is Lord and king. He is God all by himself. I can get happy right there. There's none like him. He has no equals. God all by himself. Who does the Bible say, say he is? Jesus is the savior. That's why we celebrate Christmas. We're celebrating the Christ who is a savior, the savior. Matthew 1:21 says, and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save. Underline that. He came to save his people from their sins. Luke 19:10 says, for the son of man has come to seek and to save. That's why we call him Savior, because he came to save. He came to what? He came to what? Save that which was lost. So great was the love of God for fallen humanity that he gave his one and only son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to save sinful humanity from the penalty of sin, the power of sin, and in the future, the presence of sin. And those who place their faith and hope in Christ alone will have everlasting life with him in heaven. Who does the Bible say Jesus is? Jesus is truth. First John 5:20 says, "And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son 
Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Look in the, in the text. True. 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 Jesus is the embodiment of truth. Jesus is the essence of truth. Jesus is the personification of truth. In him was no sin. In him was no deceit. In him was no guile. In him was no deception. And in him was no falsehood. He is the God of truth. First Peter 2.22 speaks of the sinlessness of Christ. The scripture says, who committed, in First Peter 2.22, uh, who committed no sin, nobody else can say that, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Everything he said was absolutely perfect. Mary and Joseph had a big uh, issue on their hand. How do you raise a perfect baby? A baby that knows every strand on the mama's head and the daddy's head. The, a baby that knows everything and never wrong. Wow. Ooh, you, they had to have some wisdom. They had to pray to raise Jesus. <laughs> Ooh, they had to do some tall prayer. God, they, they, they talked to God the Father. Uh, matter of fact, they probably looked at Jesus knowing he was that, hey, you, you, you God. Now, God, I need you to help me to raise you. How about that? <laughs> Who else can say that? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking in the face of God, so... Listen, I can't be the parent that you want me to be unless you help me, God. The baby helped the parents raise him. <laughs> I can get happy on that. Jesus says in John 14, 6, that he is the truth. Beloved, anyone who says that Jesus is not truth is a liar, a deceiver, and an antichrist. Who does the scripture say Jesus is? Jesus is the only way to heaven. He's the only way to heaven. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Acts 4, 12 also says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. God sent his one and only, one and only son because the only way to be reconciled back to God and have peace with him is through Jesus Christ alone. These verses speaks of the, the exclusivity of the Lord Jesus Christ. He alone is the only way to the Father and the only way into the kingdom of God. Why would God send his only son to save us and then give us 15 ways to get into the kingdom? That's called confusion. What does the scripture say about Jesus. Who is he? Jesus is God. Not only is he truth, he's God. John 1, 1 through 2 and verse 14 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. John twenty twenty eight also says, Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God, my God. He, he said, my God. He took ownership. My God, he's mine. I don't know who he is to you, but I know who he is to me. He's mine. When's the last time you said Jesus is my God? My God. 
Jesus was not only a man. Jesus was not only a great teacher. Jesus was not only a great prophet. He was God in human flesh. He was perfect humanity and undiminished deity. In this historical profile, let's now address who sent him. Who sent him? What a question. Who sent Jesus? God the Father sent Jesus because of the sinfulness and depravity of humanity. And there was nothing, anything, uh, anyone could do to save us from our eternal state of lostness. Man had been lost a long time. And no one could deliver us. No one, we couldn't even help ourselves. So God did for us that which we could never do. We couldn't earn salvation. We couldn't save ourselves. We couldn't create a way to save us. Thank God for Christmas, the Christ of Christmas. First John 4, 14 says, and we have seen and testified that the father has sent the son to be the savior of the world. Salvation was not an afterthought. Jesus said, oh man, I forgot something. I think I better go back and do this thing. I think I need to um, reconsider some things. Oh no, no, no. It wasn't, he just didn't conjure up a think of this plan. The redemptive plan of God was not an afterthought. It was a forethought before the foundation of the world. He said, how do you know that? Because of 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 19 through 28, it says, but with the precious blood of Christ and as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, look at verse 20. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world. God had a plan. (laughs) Nothing catches God off guard. God knew before the foundation of the world, uh, he knew what man would do before he was in the garden, before he was tempted. God had a plan, a redemptive plan that was foreordained before the world was even made. God the Father sent God the Son. This was preordained. In this historical profile, where was Jesus born? Where was he born? See, y'all gonna know all about Christmas now. Christmas is not about frosted or snowman. It is not about mistletoes. It is not about Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. (laughs) Christmas is about Jesus. Where was he born? Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. And Bethlehem means house of bread. The bread of life was born in the house of bread. Micah foretold of Jesus' coming and where he would be born. It says in Micah 5, 2, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be the ruler in Israel whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. Hey, by the way, you know Jesus is from everlasting to everlasting. He's God. He's God. Matthew 2, 1 also says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, says Matthew 2, 1. He was born in Bethlehem. In this 
historical profile. We like to now dress. When did Jesus come? When did he come? The scripture says in Galatians chapter four, verses four and five. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. <laughs> Listen at this. At the precise moment. Look at this. At the precise moment. I reiterate. At the precise moment in human history, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, which speaks of the humanity of Christ and his virgin birth, born of a woman. Jesus was born under the law, which obligated him to obey God's law, which he fulfilled perfectly like no one else in order to provide salvation for a fallen world. Matthew five seventeen says, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And Jesus came and fulfilled the prophets, fulfilled the law, and left nothing in the law unfulfilled. In this profile, what is his name? You know, when you get a baby on the scene, the first thing you ask is, is the boy or girl? What is his name? The name of Jesus is filled with meaning and significance. Jesus' name in Hebrew was Yeshua. Yeshua, which translates to English as Joshua. Joshua mean Joshua, Joshua and Jesus means Yahweh saves. Joshua and Jesus means Yahweh saves or the Lord is salvation. In Luke 131, it says, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Matthew 121 also says, and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. His name is Jesus. The scripture says his name is Jesus. And he will save his people from their sins. What does all that mean? Inherent in the name of Jesus is salvation, which means to deliver. Inherent in Jesus' name, it means to save, to rescue from the power, penalty, and one day the presence of sin. Jesus is also called Emmanuel, which means God with us. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, it says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. God came down from heaven, invaded time and space, born in a little village town to be with us. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.